Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant, Share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Blessed Agnes of Bohemia. Memories flit in and out of my mind as Nurse and I anxiously wait word from Pope Gregory as to whether or not I must obey the King of Bohemia or take up what I know in my soul is my true vocation. And though it's almost 20 years ago, I vividly recall that day my father came to me and told me I was betrothed to Henry, son of the German emperor. Though a child of nine, I rebelled when I was sent to Austria to learn the German language and customs. The shallowness of court life drove me to solitude. And I remember that cloudy day I stood at the shrine of the Holy Virgin. As the sun broke through and shone on her, I was overwhelmed by the desire to consecrate myself to God. And I fell to my knees and prayed fervently I might be permitted to follow the call. And then, with no explanation, I was returned to my beloved home. I remember the day Nurse told me why I was sent back and what was expected of a princess of Bohemia. You were so fortunate you didn't marry that Henry. Well, God answered my prayers. I don't know about that. But he did. I remember how I prayed and fasted and did penances. Well, maybe it was God's hand. But if so, he worked through Duke Leopold of Austria, to whom you were sent for instruction. What did he have to do with it? He wanted to marry his daughter to Prince Henry and persuaded the emperor to break the engagement. Oh. Oh, well, then I'm grateful. I remember so well. I vowed I would become a bride of the church. You'll never be able to keep your vow. Oh, I shall, I shall. The king will never permit it. But I prayed to God that I shouldn't have to marry Henry, and he answered my prayer. 
But how about your first engagement? You were too young to know about that, or to pray. My first engagement? What, what do you mean? At the age of three, you were betrothed to Boleslaus, Duke of Silesia, and sent to the monastery of Trebnitz. Oh, I remember that place. But you had no idea why you were there? No, I, I remember Mother Gertrude, who was so kind to me and so patient in teaching me the faith, and that when I was six, I was suddenly sent home. Was that engagement broken, too? No. Boleslaus died. Now, I'm sure you didn't pray for that to happen. Oh, no, of course not. Oh, poor Boleslaus. I saw him several times, but he never said anything about marriage. An infant? How could he? You know, it's wrong. It's, it's wrong to make women marry someone they've never seen. Ah, but that's the way it is. However, some of these blind marriages are very successful. Well, I shall never be a party to one. You're young and beautiful, and you'll have many proposals. Then I wish I were old and ugly. It would make no difference. Monarchs marry for political alliances and power, and Bohemia is becoming a kingdom of importance. Oh, so it's Bohemia these monarchs wish to marry, not me. Yes, I suppose so. Well, they were able to do that when I was a child. But now I'm grown, and I shall have something to say about my marriage. Oh, my lady, I know your spirit, and I see nothing but trouble ahead for you. I remember the day my father died. I remember the coronation of my brother to take the throne as Wenceslas I of Bohemia. And then I remember... Agnes, Agnes, great news has just come. Look at these letters. Read them. Read them. This one. Henry III of England asks for your hand in marriage. That alone is great news. But look at this one. A proposal from no less than the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Frederick, Henry of England, they, they wish to marry me? Yes, yes. Oh, what luck. God be praised for giving me such a beautiful and desirable sister. Oh, but, brother dear, I don't want to marry Henry. Good, or... good, I agree. Frederick's the better match. Or the emperor. However, we won't rush into this. We'll let Frederick know, indirectly, of course, that Henry has also proposed and has practically waived the dowry. You may be sure Frederick will not be outdone in generosity. Brother, you make marriage sound like an auction market. Now, now, Agnes. You know I love you dearly, but since you must marry one or the other, why not choose to our advantage? Because I... England's powerful, but far away. Frederick, right at our door. In an emergency, he could come to Bohemia's aid at once. Brother, will you please stop for a moment and listen to me? Yes, yes, of course. I'm sorry, Agnes, but this news has carried me away. Now, what, what do you want to tell me? What I am trying to tell you is that I don't wish to marry Henry or Frederick or anyone... You don't want to marry either? You can't be serious. Brother, I was never more serious. I know you're ambitious for Bohemia, perhaps even for me, but I am never going to marry mortal man. I forbid you to refuse Frederick's offer. You would force me to marry? I'd rather not, but I'll insist if you persist in being selfish. Well, brother, have I no rights in this matter? The welfare of Bohemia comes first. Agnes, haven't you any idea of the great honor bestowed upon us? Don't you realize a son of yours could become Holy Roman Emperor? But I don't wish honors or power. Will you please stop thinking of yourself for a moment and think of me, of the kingdom, and what this marriage will do for all of us? Wenceslas, surely you know that I want to become a religious. What? Oh, now, are you really so surprised? Oh, brother, 
Don't you remember how I used to confide in you after I returned from Austria? You were a child, filled with childish ideas. You'd been impressed by the teachings of the nuns. Well, I am a woman now, and the desire is stronger with the years. Well, as a grown woman, you should know that you can't always do as you wish. Well, with God's help, I can do what is right. I can resist what is not right. In my heart and soul, I know I should not marry. I just don't understand why a woman with your prospects wants to bury herself in a convent. Yes, it's evident you don't. You are not alone. Neither Henry nor Frederick or the other monarchs understand that a, a woman has a will, a soul, and, and a mind given to her by God. No man has the right to auction her off to the highest bidder. I am the king. I have duties and responsibilities. I must do what I think best for my people. Well, our duties and responsibilities bring us to this impasse. There is no impasse. I will write to Frederick and tell him Bohemia is overjoyed by his offer and will accept. Please. No more of this. You may go. And see to it you do nothing to upset my arrangements. I shall pray to God. To stop this marriage? Oh, no. To do with me as he will. in not obeying my brother. Correct me. If my inner voice telling me to dedicate myself to you is only my imagination, silence it. If I am vain, headstrong, and not accepting what other women have without complaint, humble me to the dust. So that I may receive grace in your be led to do what is right and just and holy. I pray in the name of your holy son, Christ crucified, my Lord, my only love. At this hour of the morning. I'm visiting the churches as usual. But it is not dawn yet. Well, I must devote more time to visit. I'll bring your gown. Oh, no, no. The one I have on will do. Where did you get it? Why, one of your servants wouldn't be seen visiting in that. To the church I must be as a servant. Very well, my lady. Here are your shoes. Oh, no, I won't need them. Not need them? Now, surely my lady isn't going in her bare feet. Yes. I won't let you... The ground's frozen. You'll slash your feet on the icy clods. Oh, please, nurse, don't look so horrified. Why must you punish yourself? You who are so good and so kind and so devoted to God. I am vain. God is displeased with me. I must do penance. God displeased? Oh, no, no. How can he be with you who give so much care to the sick and the poor? Nurse, it's not enough to... Tend pain. One must feel it. You feel God's displeased with you because you must marry the emperor? I don't know. I don't know why. Nurse, I'm so helpless. All I can do is pray for help. Milady, I'm not against prayer. God forbid I should ever say anything against prayer. But there's a saying among the peasants I found very useful during my life. Oh, tell me. They know, my lady, 
But God, like themselves, is very busy from dawn to dark. And they say, don't bother God with troubles that men on earth can take care of. But who except God can change my brother's mind? Maybe the priest. Oh, he wouldn't dare interfere. Well, then the bishop or the cardinal or... Well, the pope. Oh, nurse, why didn't I think of it? I'll write to Pope Gregory. You'll write to his holiness in Rome? This very minute. Get me pen and paper. Wait, wait. I have to get a messenger I can trust to deliver this letter. I'll ask my brother. Oh, yes, go to him. But don't tell him who is sending the letter or that it's to the Pope. But how will he know where to deliver it if it... The outer envelope will be addressed to a trusted friend of mine, and in it will be an envelope with the letter to the Pope and the necessary instructions. Tell your brother he will be well paid for the trip. I'll go at once. Oh, hurry. The letter will be ready by the time you're back. Holy Father, I write to you on a matter of great urgency. My brother, without consulting me and against my desire and conviction, demands I marry Frederick, Holy Roman Emperor. I entreat you with all my heart to do what you can to prevent this marriage, because since the age of nine, I have prayed and prepared myself to be the spouse of Christ. Only the earnestness of this desire gives me the courage to address your holiness in this manner and to intrude upon your My brother will deliver the letter. Here it is. And here is an order to give him the fastest horse in my stable. Tell him to ride like the wind as long as he can stay in the saddle and bring the answer as quickly as human endurance will permit. I will, I will. But, my lady, it is a long way from Prague to Rome. Yes, yes, yes. Let God speed him. He must be back before Frederick sends for me. But, my lady, you must be patient. The message has had time only to reach Rome at best. No, 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 no. Something must have happened. Perhaps an avalanche in the Alps. No, no, my lady. You're so torn with fear you wish time to rush by at an impossible pace. Nurse, nurse, is there no news of your brother? No, my lady. I just came from my brother's home. Well, then go back. Go back and wait. Maybe there will be a message that came while you were here. Nurse, is there any... No, my lady. But your brother wishes to see you at once. I've just received a letter from Frederick. His ambassador's on his way to Prague. The ambassador comes here? Naturally. He's to escort you to Germany for the wedding. Uh, so soon? I thought you were to give Frederick time to learn that Henry of England has made an offer. In view of your attitude about marriage, I decided to arrange it as quickly as possible. But I have told you that I do not I know perfectly to... well what you've told me, but you will obey my command. Brother, give me time. Time? I... Time for what? You don't need time to think it over. It's settled. I'm not going to change my mind. Well, time to, time to make preparations. What preparations? Well, I must have new gowns made. My, my ladies-in-waiting will have to be outfitted, and then that's... Gowns? You must have closets full of gowns you've never worn. Oh, yes, but, but nothing fits me. Uh, of course nothing fits, because you fasted and starved yourself until you're thin as a rail. Now, I want you to stop it. Have you promised in that marriage contract to deliver to Frederick one female princess plump as a partridge? That'll do. That reminds me, you will stop this foolishness of walking to church in your bare feet 
If the ambassador should see you, he might report to Frederick that you'd lost your mind. And in that case, Frederick might withdraw his offer? Don't count on that. If necessary, I'll put guards to see that you're properly attired when you go out. I'll give you ten days to make your preparations. Oh, Wenceslas, won't you please reconsider? I have pledged my word. The ambassador will bring the contract to be signed. May I have permission to withdraw? You may go. But let me warn you. Do nothing to disrupt your marriage. Frederick is not the kind of man one plays tricks on. Ten days. Could the messenger get back in that time? I must delay until he comes. What if the answer didn't help? I knew Gregory and Frederick had been at odds, and the Pope might not want to anger the Emperor by forbidding the marriage. And then there would be nothing to do but to obey my brother. Oh, how quickly those ten days flew by. And then, one morning, the dreaded knock came on my door, and Wenceslas entered. Why are you still abed? You must get up. The ambassador wishes to leave by noon. I can't move. What's this? I can't get up. You don't want to get up. Sire, I awakened my lady early. She complained that her legs were rigid and she couldn't move them. You were perfectly all right last evening. Nurse, get her out of bed and have her ladies dress her. I'll be back in an hour. I will carry you to the carriage in a stretcher if necessary. Oh, my lady, I don't think you can fool him. I'm not trying to fool him. Boss, you're not pretending illness to keep from going? I don't know what's happened. I lay awake all night because I was to leave today, and a little before dawn I fell asleep. When I tried to get up, I couldn't. But you're not in pain? No. I'll get the doctor. I could see the look of disbelief in the old nurse's eyes. I couldn't believe what had happened myself. And when the doctor came, he was greatly puzzled. He ordered me to sit in a warm bath, but it didn't help. He called in several doctors from the city, but they could come to no conclusion as to what was wrong. But they did advise the king I shouldn't travel. Agnes, I've told the ambassador the journey will be postponed for a few days. Thank you, Wenceslas. You seem quite relieved. You know I don't wish to marry, Frederick. Perhaps that had something to do with this sudden stroke. Surely you don't think I could bring this upon myself? I don't know what to think, but I'm very suspicious. Suspicious? Of, of what? I know you women can always manage a headache when you don't want to do something. But Wenceslas, this isn't a headache. He stormed out in anger. And then a strange thing happened. I was able to bend my knees ever so slightly. Next morning, as the hour drew near when I would normally get up and walk to church, I found I could bend my knees even more. Oh, how wonderful it would be if I could walk to church. I decided to try to get up. I managed to twist my body and fell out of bed. And then, pulling myself up by a chair, I was standing. I took one cautious step and then another. I concentrated all my will on walking to church. I got to the window. And I saw the ambassador's carriage in the courtyard. And my heart sank. My legs stiffened as if frozen, and I fell headlong to the floor. 
I managed to crawl back to bed and never said anything to my nurse or the doctors. Milady, Milady, a letter. He's oh. back from Rome. Oh. Oh, oh, open it. You open it. My hands are trembling. Uh, here. Yes. Uh, signed by the Pope himself. Oh. I'll hold it up so you can read it. Uh, he sent a legate to defend my cause. Heaven be praised. Oh, nurse. He writes, um, having had some experience myself with Frederick, I can sympathize with your cause, and you should not marry against your will. Frederick will be terribly angry. Nurse, bring me my habit, the one I wear to church. Oh, but, but, but not my shoes. Your habit, but you can't... Yes, yes. Milady, you're standing. You got out of bed yourself. The miracle has been done. It was true. I was standing. Reading the Pope's letter, I was bursting with happiness. And without realizing it, I had got out of bed as usual, as if nothing had ever happened. I went to the church to offer my prayers. And by the time I had returned, the entire palace had heard of my recovery. The king and the papal legate were waiting for me. Now you have stirred things up. How could you do it? Brother, you left me no choice. Couldn't you realize what a position I'd be put in? I signed a contract with Frederick. If I break it, there's no telling what he'll do. On the other hand, I can't offend the Pope. His Holiness considers it improper for your sister to marry against her will. But does His Holiness know the kind of man Frederick is? He knows. The church has no right to intervene. Your sister has a strong and sincere desire to devote her life to God. Well, yes, she has mentioned it from time to time. And because of that, His Holiness acted on her plea for help. I am here in the name of the church to defend her interests. I don't wish to offend the Pope. But what am I going to tell Frederick? Why not tell him the truth? Well, that's easy for you to say. You don't have to face him. Mm, it could be awkward for you. Perhaps you would like me to talk to Frederick. Nothing would please me more. In the days that passed, no word came from Frederick or the legate. I felt sorry for Wenceslas. One day, he would be buoyed up by the hope that Frederick would be magnanimous. The next, by fear that Frederick was gathering his army to invade Bohemia and wipe out the insult to his pride. He came off into my suite, and we found ourselves talking, as we had not done since we were very young. Agnes, I'm very worried. I'm sorry to be the cause. It's my fault. I was selfish. No, no. You were thinking of what was best for the kingdom. Frederick may insist on the contract being honored. Yes, I realize that. What's to be done if that happens? Well, I much prefer to think he'll release me. What will you do if he does? I wish to become a poor Claire and... Eventually, build a convent for them in Prague. You know, brother, it would be 
the first north of the Alps. And uh, I would like also to build a hospital for the poor. I will help you do both. Uh, oh, you're very generous. Let it be my penance for opposing you. Sire, milady, a messenger has just come who says the legate's carriage is three miles from the city. What kept you? I was afraid you were in prison. Oh, what, what did the emperor say? Good news. No, he was furious at first and ordered me out of the palace. His pride was hurt because he thought the objection had come from the king of Bohemia. He releases me? Yes. When he consented to listen, I was able to explain why you wished the contract abrogated. He tore it up in my presence. Here, here are the pieces. And he asked me to deliver this letter to the princess. What does he write? If you had left me for mortal man, I should have made my vengeance. But I cannot take offense if you prefer the king of heaven to myself. Now freed, Agnes consecrated herself wholly to God. She and her brother founded a great hospital for the poor and a convent for the poor Clares, and to it, St. Clare sent five nuns from Italy. And when Agnes took the veil, she was joined by 100 girls from good families, and many European princesses and women of noble families followed her example. Agnes ever sought the lowest place and the most menial tasks, and it was with difficulty that she was persuaded to accept the position of abbess. She lived to the age of 77, and died March 2nd, 1282. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour Productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. 
And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.